at Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends? If you don't know them. So grab a popcorn. And head over to our row. So we can chat movies. Like friends do. There's always room. For more movie friends. So sit back. Relax. And enjoy the show. Welcome. 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 To the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week, I'm joined by Sif Pop Writer Joe. Hey, folks. And uh, this week, joining us is Scott. Greetings. We write for SifPop.com. We do movie reviews, best ever challenges, and other interesting movie-related articles. So make sure to check out the website, SifPop.com, to keep up with all of that. On the podcast today, uh, we're going to be talking about... Um, uh, we'll, we'll play our intro game. We'll play Wavelengths in lieu of the coming attraction, because the SAG After Strike is still going on um and uh which i heard some news the other day that apparently marvel has already cast fantastic four Mm. they're just once the strike is over they're gonna announce it like but they've already got everything Mm. like set to go so like now i'm like okay like i already was in favor of getting the strike resolved in favor of the actors you know like i don't want them to just settle but now i'm like man please like yeah uh especially because like I know Vanessa Kirby was rumored for Sue Storm. I think that's like the perfect pick. Um, I know there for a while that uh, Paul Mezcal was uh, up for Mr. Fantastic. And I'm like, sure. I haven't seen after sun yet, but I would love a best, best actor nominee to lead a Marvel film. I mean, anyway, just now, now I'm all like one more reason to really want everything to happen. Mm -hmm. So anyway, right. Yeah. That's exciting. Um, we'll talk about Donna that, you know, it's also, we're talking about, it's exciting. And like, I've said before, like, I don't really care much about the MCU at this point, but like, if they cast this well, I could care about this because there hasn't been a good Fantastic Four film yet. So, um, right. It's, it's know? kind of an anomaly among all the other Marvel stuff, right? Cause like, this is like a big yeah. thing. Like if they really, well, if they really com- knock it out of the park, it would be really impressive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Combination of that and Matt Shackman's directing it who did WandaVision and WandaVision's mm-hmm. like the best thing that Marvel's done since Endgame. Like also Endgame. like yeah. also tonally that completely works because like yeah. Fantastic Four is like a kind of a little little zany and it's always like a little bit of like um, body horror <laughs> to uh-huh. it. So like I think I think he could really pull that off, like especially with the WandaVision stuff. So yeah, that and then like I'm that and Blade, like just because they're new, they're the only things I'm really excited about. But yeah. um anyway. Uh, we'll talk about Dawn of the Dead for our SIF topic. We're talking about the original 1978 version. Um, as mentioned before, there's multiple different cuts to this film, so I'd be interested to hear if you guys have experiences with other cuts. Um, but I suggested that we watch the two-and-a-half-hour cumulative version for this podcast. That's the one I watched. I don't know if you guys did, and but either way, we'll roll with it. Um, and... Um, that's available for free on YouTube, which honestly, if you don't own a copy of this movie, that's kind of your best bet to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I want to get into a lot of the history with this movie um, when we get there. But afterwards, we're going to talk about um, how we would survive a zombie apocalypse. That'll be our B plot. And um, or how we would try to survive a zombie apocalypse. You know, apocalypse um, itself kind of says that, you know, isn't going to last. Uh, and then we'll wrap up with the spinoff. A uh, quick recommend or warn from each one of us. But first, uh, let's get into our intro game. Um, Scott, who do you want to go first? Uh, me. Okay. <laughs> so the way this works is that uh, we've already decided on a number um, beforehand. 
so Joe and I have selected a number that's a rating of 1 through 10 um, that uh, we would like Scott to try to guess the number based off of films that we'll give him. We'll each give him one film um, in five different genres. We have action, horror, animation, comedy, and sci-fi. Scott, where would you like to start? Uh, animation. Man. Um, of course, the one that I'm definitely the least prepared for. <laughs> Let's go with... Um, Green Lantern, Beware My Power. I don't know anything about that one. Joe, you got one? Oh, is it for, uh, are we doing animation for? Yeah, Golden? animation for Scott's. Yep, for the number that we picked. Yeah, sort of a dead air there. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what are we doing next? <laughs> I was panicking. Uh, I mean, you're always welcome to double down. Like, you can always be like, I agree with that, but yeah. I got one. Okay. Uh, sausage Party. Sure. Uh, let's go to sci fi. You know what? I'll go with the Star Wars The Holiday Special. <laughs> Are you showing your hand here? <laughs> uh, the Tomorrow War. Oh, I never saw that one. Did I see that one? <laughs> did anybody see that one? No, <laughs> I think they did. I think they did. Uh, I think like four people did. Yeah. Uh, horror. I was, I was one of the four people. That saw it. <laughs> A horror movie. Um, yes. Let's go with Joe. You're going to hate me for this. Maybe. Um, I can't remember. Um, 30 days of night. Oh, I, I definitely don't hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think any of us had a good time. No one had a good time. I'm pretty uh, sure you like that movie more than me, but not by much. A little bit. Not by much. Um, let's see. I'm going to see say um, Halloween resurrection. Yeah, that's fair. I that's think fair. I'm actually being a little too fair to the, <laughs> to the movie, but but yeah, well, uh, look, I defend that movie because I think it knew exactly what it was and it went for it, and I appreciate uh, that. It kind of did. It was. Yeah. It was pretty self-aware. It doesn't make the movie good. It made my experience good. <laughs> right. Uh, let's do action. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Let's take a look. There's too many good ones in here that I'm looking at. <laughs> mm-hmm. Clearly, we're on the the negative side of the scale. Yep. Picked up on that. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, really tipped the hand a little bit, huh? Uh, uh, holiday special really gave it away there. Yeah, yeah, but, mm, yeah. I know it's fine. No, no, it's fine. Having a hard time with action because, like, mm-hmm. some of the stuff I have never seen, and these other things I have seen. Uh, I'll, I'll say Triple Frontier. And that leaves us comedy. Does indeed leave comedy. I will mention the Will, Fer- Will Ferrell Kevin Hart vehicle, Get Hard. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen it. You're fine. <laughs> You're okay. You don't need to watch it. I do want to see it, though. Are they at least good? There's a couple of fun scenes, like like any comedy, but ultimately, okay. like... Uh, I'll say White Chicks. <laughs> yeah. All right. A couple of fun scenes, relatively harmless, you know? <laughs> that film would not be made nowadays. No, not even a little bit. Yeah. Um, okay, so for a second, I thought that we were just straight up one, but I, mm-hmm. I don't think that with these. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to go, so it's between two and three. I'm going to go with two. You were right on your instincts. You were wrong on the specific. Uh, we picked three. Okay. Um, and I'll say, I'll look, I, I hate the guess. holiday special, but I think the animated segment's pretty good. And I think it's worth two stars, you know, <laughs> the like, animated portion is definitely the best. Yeah. Part of it's, that. It, it, the whole movie isn't a, a total failure, right? Part of it worked, 
especially because it's the anthology, I'm able to separate that more. That's why I'm not willing to go one. But yeah, close, close, very close. I'll take it. Um, Scott, who would you like to um, pick to go next? Uh, Joe. Joe. Okay. Joe, we have uh, selected a number for you. Um, we have that number in mind. We're not going to tell you, but we'll give you some movies as to your guess. What genre would you like? Action, animation, comedy, horror, or sci-fi? Uh, let's go horror. Mm-hmm. Let's go with The Black Phone. Ooh. I'm going to say Scream 5. I would concur. All right. Let's go uh, comedy. Um, I'll throw out Zombieland because of thematically what we're talking about today um 50 first dates that's good okay um animation i'll do grave of the fireflies i'll go there uh i will say moana um action x-men first class uh the 2012 avengers mm-hmm. not the 1991 no <laughs> these are like these are like straight bangers so this has to be like a super high number but it's like picking the high number um I'm trying to think what other genre. Is it sci-fi? Is sci-fi, it? Listen, yeah. sci-fi, yeah. Let's go sci-fi. Can't yeah, wait to uh, this one. Let's do the Iron Giant. Ooh, okay. Um, Star Wars, A New Hope. All right. Um, I'm going to take a wild guess here. I'm going to say it's a 10. Uh, it's very close to a 10. Mm-hmm. It's a 9. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. If you would have said Empire, I would... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It would have been Empire. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I tried to pick movies that I thought like might tip to might like might lead you to think that it's a 10 like i thought about saying jaws because i have jaws down as a as a like i mean you guys did a good job that that was the hardest part is like picking great movies but not perfect (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah um perfect all right so that leaves to my turn next Mm -hmm. um you guys have a number selected for me we're gonna start off with um i'm gonna go in order here action uh, I'll give you Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm. Let's go um, Immortals. Uh, let's go Horror. Uh, Saw 3. Oh, man. <laughs> I like Saw 3. Maybe I do, too. I think Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is fine. Uh, say the Pet Cemetery remake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, animation. The Good Dinosaur. I haven't seen it. Yeah. That Cars <laughs> 3, I think, are my only yeah. two Pixar I haven't seen. Okay. So, like, most of the animation I watch is, like, ends up being pretty good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, say Hoodwinked. Yeah, that sounds about right. Comedy. Uh, the Longest Yard, 2005. Oh, I like that movie, too. What's the one with Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan? Uh, cop out. Yeah, let's try that. Oh boy, going for a solid one here. Um, sci-fi. Uh, Alien versus Predator Requiem. Oh man, that's for sure a one. There's nothing good about that movie. You really gonna put that on the same level as Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Scott? I am. <laughs> I'm not trying to defend Kingdom of the Crystal Skull either. You know. I will. Sorry, like the. I used to, and then I watched it before Dial of Destiny, <laughs> and. Uh, I, I still think it's not as bad as everybody says, but it's, uh, I, I, it, it definitely dropped for me. It dropped, uh, from a three and a half or from a <laughs> three and a half or a three to a two and a half for me, but I, I, temple of doom went up from a one and a half to a two and a half. So 
I still don't think Temple of Doom is good, but uh, Te- Temple of Doom, I almost I love Temple of Doom. Or, yeah, I almost put it at at nine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love that. I, I love that movie for yeah for sci-fi Oblivion. Sorry, I was okay. looking for one. This has to be ten out of tens, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> these are yeah, these are ten out of tens. I um some of these are my I, favorite films. You could say here's the deal. I absolutely am. I'm almost positive that I know what the answer is because of a, a communication error earlier, but I legitimately, if I had to take a legitimate guess, I would say two, uh, uh, four. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of tipped my hand earlier a little bit when we were talking about the thing, but like, well, I, I didn't know if you guys would change it up though. And that's why I was like, like maybe you sent a message like, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, like, and I'm also like, I re- I want to try to play this as fair as possible. Right. Like, mm-hmm. or maybe, maybe Joe sent that message as a way to like throw me off. To be like, you really think I would have <laughs> AVP higher than a two? You know, like I, I thought maybe you were trying to play me. It's so hard to pick a like to pick a four because like fours are like it's on the it's on the it's on the border like it's not even on the borderline. It's like basically like I don't really want to watch this. If it shows up on TBS, fine. Like I might watch it on Thanksgiving because like it, yeah, it's like one of those things where <laughs> if you if you turn it on and it's not the right scene, then you'd then you'd watch it. Yeah, so right, admittedly, yeah, it's it's fair. been a while since I've seen Requiem, but I remember it being much better than the original Alien vs Predator, so that's why I put it at four. I haven't seen the original Alien vs. And, and animation is so hard for this number. It's because there's it is. A, like animation is so good. <laughs> I, I think, I think yeah, uh, it's it's either so good. You, it's either Zootopia or Secret Life of Pets. Which right. is cool. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of like Secret Life of Pets. I think that would have been a pretty good for it. Well, you can write on it for this week's BEC if it hasn't already been claimed. <laughs> um, uh, what's called uh, Good Dinosaur was a good pick. Like to yeah, me, it's like, that, to me, that's one of Pixar's like worst films. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like to me, like a four out of ten is one of those where like you'll only watch it if you're marathoning a franchise. Like, does anybody yeah. pick up Kingdom of the Crystal Skull except when they're watching all? four or five indiana jones movies and at this point but like probably skip it well and i feel like yeah most people would just watch the original three and forget kingdom of, but now that there's dial of destiny which i mean people also didn't really like that one so i wonder how many people are just gonna like stick to it. no there's only three and like <laughs> you know i i, I kind of like dial of destiny was had some interesting things about it you know like um sure it's you know the probably the one and three are easily you know goaded but yeah um anyway um yeah no if i had to take if i were taking a serious guess i was going to there is just a single shot in temple of doom that i just need people to watch to appreciate it and it's when um indiana jones comes back from his his hypnosis and he's just wailing on the big guy on the conveyor belt and then just in the background Mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. just blurry a short round just wailing on on his little kid oh, and then uh, like like out of focus and then it focuses up yeah it's just it's just so good like it's just yeah. so, it's so exciting well, look, short here, round short round is so good like we can, here, we can go off tangent for a while. <laughs> i will never put that movie at above a six because willie is probably the worst character that's ever been put on screen she's per- um, she's purposely the worst <laughs> yeah no i look i think she's supposed to be the worst but i think that the actor there is playing it way more egregiously like 
annoying than it's supposed to be. And I've I've got such like, a sense of like n- clearly when you're given the dialogue, we're not sinking, we're crashing, right? Like it's but the way that she delivers that is just like oh god, chef's like, kiss, perfect. I've I was got, just I was just <laughs> playing the um playing the Lego Indiana on. Jones movie with my or the Lego Indiana Jones game with my wife. And her ability is she can scream and break glass. And it's yeah. like, yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's the amazing. best. That's perfect. That's the best joke. <laughs> Scott, you were saying something. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, I've, I've got such nostalgia goggles on for that movie that mm-hmm. every shriek that she has is just like takes me back to a time of simpler age <laughs> of uh, early 90s and like just playing with action figures <laughs> and watching Indiana Jones. And so it's it's there's. I think that there's a lot to like in that. It's, it's definitely not the best in the trilogy. Everybody no. knows that. Yeah, it's easily the weakest of the three, but I'm just saying, I, I I don't think I'll ever have it above a six. And, you know, maybe next time I watch it, it'll be a little bit higher. But right now it's sitting at, I think, five for me. I think five. I've, I've seen it way more times than Raiders because I just grew up on it. Uh, Joe, same. <laughs> I feel yeah. like I feel like a lot of it's my childhood has been vindicated because, like, I grew up watching Raiders and Last Crusade. And always thinking Last Crusade was better. And I feel like a lot of the conversation has shifted to that now. Like, I agree. Yeah. I don't think it's probably the best at all of them. Uh-huh. Like, and I don't think that anybody would begrudge either pick as being the best Indiana Jones movie, right? But like I I just like it felt like a hot take when I was a kid, right? And same thing, like when I was a kid, I watched Empire on Loop, not a new hope. Um Especially because I loved this stuff on Hoth. And then it was just one of those where I'm like, guys, Empire is the best Star Wars, I think. And it felt like such a hot take. And this is, you know, when the prequels were still bad, right? Like Phantom mm-hmm. Menace Attack. Like, especially didn't have the love and respect they have now. But, like, we can acknowledge, even though they might have accomplished their goal, like, Attack of the Clones is objectively not a great movie. It's you can feel movie, great yeah. about it, but it's, yeah, it's objectively not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh Anyway, it's just one of those where it's like, I, I feel so vindicated for those two takes because I was like, guys, I think Empire is the best. It's like, clearly Empire is the best. But like when you're a kid, Empire is the boring one. You know, you either like A New Hope or you like um, Return of the Jedi because either you like the Ewoks and you like, you know, the lightsaber fight at the end or because, you know, A New right. Hope is the original. It's the classic. It's, it's you know, it wouldn't fault anybody for having that as their favorite. But anyway, let's move on or we never will. Um <laughs> I have one random question to get you guys uh, going before we get to talk about movies uh, a little bit more. And I would like to know, um, what was your first job? I think first jobs are really telling for a lot of people. Um, the first place that I worked and got paid, and I, mm-hmm. it's, it's weird because it's I, feel, it, I don't know if I... It, it, I guess it was definitely a job, but I didn't have hours. Is I, worked at, I worked as a caddy at a golf club. That was sure. just right be- by, uh, behind my house. Um, I was 14, so I was able to just walk there. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, but I didn't really have like set hours. I just showed up like on the weekends and just like sat right in front of like the store or the, the clubhouse, and then like, can somebody please hire me? Yeah, <laughs> that's not a bad thing, to, bad way to do it, you know? Like, no. Yeah, and I'm sure that there are people walking in. They're like, yeah, sure. Well, you know, we figured somebody would be waiting here. That's <laughs> smart. Look at you go. Uh, my first. Like I like I did some odd jobs like I did like 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 you would give a middle schooler, you know, like um you know, like I worked parking at a couple of like local town things, you know, mm. where you sit around most of the time and then you do, like stand in front of cars, um, you know, for and piss off drivers. Anyway, um 
my first like job with any sort of regularity was I worked at a after school daycare, um, oh, which nice. is so like anybody that like knows me in real life knows how like ironic that is because like I do, like I don't want kids. Um, we don't have me and my wife don't have plan on having kids, and like I don't like even being around kids typically. Like I'm like I'm like there's certainly I, like I don't. It's just never my preference to be somewhere where there are children, you know. Um, but. But like, also like, like with friends, when friends have kids, like, sure. Like, you know, Joe, if we lived close, you know, I, I, I'm sure I'd at least tolerate your kid, um, <laughs> yeah. but <laughs> like, I'm not trying to say like, Joe, your kid sucks. You know what I'm just saying? Like, it's just not my cup of tea. <laughs> I don't um, I, you know, and, um, I like things tidy and, um, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't do it, man. Yeah, I did too. So. Um, <laughs> Joe, how old is your kid now? Uh, she's two now. She's two. Okay. She's right. Man. Big two year old too. She looks like she's like four. <laughs> uh, Joe, what was your first job? Yeah. We're talking about first job. Like um, I had two seasonal jobs working for my, uh, one of my best friends, uh, dad. And he would, um, he did seasonal pumpkins and he did seasonal uh, Christmas trees. I did that for a couple of years um, before I actually, I just got a real job. Then I started working at Blockbuster Um Probably why that's probably why my uh, my love of movies is so robust and I retain yeah. so much stuff is because I worked at Blockbuster when mm. I was like nineteen. So you know, I'm shocked out. that like none of our first jobs was like grocery store or like you know flipping mm-hmm. burgers at McDonald's or whatever. Like I I, I mean, knew not, I didn't ever want to work fast food. So I mean, yeah, like, I know, nothing I wrong with either of those <laughs> jobs. But like that's a lot of people's first job. I'm just yeah. saying statistically, like what a what a weird thing. Well, and I saw worked, people doing those jobs and they were miserable. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I've worked food service industry like for lots of different things, but it's been like, serving, I, like I, I was I, a cook at a restaurant. I was a cook with Buffalo Wild Wings. Like, if if, if we do want to go technical, I did work at a Warenberg back when it was Warenberg. And uh, so movie theater for those of you not from the Midwest. I miss um, that Warenberg intro every day, every day that I, I walk into my too. Marcus. Yeah. I like Marcus. Mm-hmm. I, I do appreciate what Marcus has done, but. Yeah, I just uh, but wish I did. they added the Werenberg <laughs> <laughs> intro again. Uh, I, but I did work the concession stand for a good while. So, mm-hmm. kind of food service, but... Sure, yeah. Not for the If anybody burgers. does not know what we're talking about, just YouTube, um, Werenberg Theater's intro. Uh, it's perfect. It's, like, so lost in the 80s um, that it's, like, that perfect wave of nostalgia. I think the first time I ever heard it was when I was in college, like, 18 years old. And I was, like, <laughs> that was, like, right when the first season of Stranger Things came out. And I was, like, oh... Yeah, this is like perfect. It's that it's perfect, perfect kind of retro, <laughs> uh, and it's so catchy. It'll get in your head, and and the end of it ends with like a bunch of voices like whispering Werenberg. So then, like, of course, you and your friends have to continue whispering Werenberg for yeah. like fifteen seconds after uh-huh. it ends. Long after, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, me and my friend Scott, you should, you could appreciate this. Me and my friend, uh, we do this thing where anytime we go to a theater, um, since we ninety nine percent of the time go to Marcus, we just don't mm-hmm. go if it's IMAX because um, Marcus doesn't have IMAX near us, right? Um, but Greg Marcus does those intros right? and he always tells these corny jokes in them. So we make it a point to laugh out loud <laughs> at the corny joke, even though everybody's like shrugging their head and sighing, we make it a point to laugh out loud. And then everybody just looks at us like you, you do. <laughs> it's also like, we did that before going to see Jackass four. And there was like <laughs> us two and like six other people in there. And you could tell it just set the tone. Like everybody was like, all right, we're free to laugh. It's loose. Have a good time. Don't worry about stifling your laughs. Like it's, it, that was a perfect time to do it, but we did it in front of like 
you know, murder on the Orient Express. And it's just that's like, amazing. I love that so much. I'm the person because I because I see those all the time because obviously, you know, I mm-hmm. love movies. So I'm in the theater three or four times a week or a month. And so I, I hear this, I hear the same things over and over again. I'm just like, I hate these so much. And, but uh-huh. I mean, I still appreciate them. And like, then I'll hear somebody like have a laugh at the jokes. I'm just like, really? That got you? So <laughs> they're so bad. That, that, that's what did it for you? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like you're going to be you're, laughing you're a lot. Time if that's the bar. Okay. Right. <laughs> and we're, and we're in here seeing saw X, you know, like, <laughs> no, but it's one of those that like, we'll go to the movies together, a small friend group of mine. And like, that ad starts to play and we'll just lean forward in our seats and give each other eye contact. <laughs> and my wife will like, just cover her face. She's like, please don't do it. I love she it. Hates when we do it. I it's love so, it. That's it's so, perfect. I, yeah. It's amazing. Well, now is normally the time that we would talk about the coming attractions, but until the writers or sorry, until the actors also get a fair deal, um, then uh, we'll not be um, promoting any of the films that they're not supposed to be promoting either. Um, but uh, w- rest assured, those will return uh, whenever the um, studios come to their senses um, and announce a fantastic forecast. Um, so <laughs> it seems like that'll be in conjunction. Um, but now is a chance. <laughs> Most of <laughs> no, um, obviously not, but yeah, um, it's a bonus. You know, it's one yeah. of those like they're dangling. It's like it's like they're dangling in front of the studios like, hey, hey, guys. You know, we've announced that we're ready to go, but we're not going to reveal. So if you just give us our deal, then then you can be trending on Twitter or something, you know, or anyway. Um, now is a chance you got to hear some movie opinions and other opinions from uh, Joe and Scott. If you're interested in hearing more from them, where can they find you? Scott, you're a guest this week. Let's start with you. Uh, I, I don't post anything any, anywhere ever, really. I'm lurk just about everywhere. So as mm-hmm. always, I encourage you to continue to check out all the wonderful articles written by our writers at sifpop.com. Nice. And Joe. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at the, uh, the Star Spangled Avenger. There's an underscore under each other's words. Yeah. I talk about like various things like movies, anime, a lot of anime, all my stories lately. Um, mm-hmm. just like posting my runs and workouts and whatnot. But, uh, but yeah, that's where you find me. Perfect. And a quick reminder, patreon.com slash hiphopwr in case you're interested in additional, um, well, sometimes additional, sometimes early access stuff. Um, episodes go live whenever I get them done uh, in that feed. So, and you should be able to access that for free. So uh, if you are interested in checking out episodes early, uh, head over to patreon.com slash hiphopwr and check out what's going on over there. Let's get into it. Dawn of the Dead, 1978. Um, before anything, first of all, uh, I'm warning for spoilers. And I don't know that this is for sure one of those that, like, it's going to super matter, you know. Um, but it is fair to put a super spoiler warning in there at the front. Um, like, I don't know that this is one that I'm like, hey, like, please shut it off now, you know. But still, here's your spoiler warning. We'll, we'll talk about anything and everything this movie. Um, so if you're interested in watching it with a totally clean slate, then... Uh, you might want to pause and watch the movie. Again, it's free on YouTube. Uh, if you just search Dawn of the Dead, I would I would search Dawn of the Dead extended mall hours cut and click the one that says perfect audio sync. Um, about two and a half hours. But um, there's that. Real quick, I want to know, before we get into how we feel about this property, I want to know what's your history with this property. Um, and, and this extends beyond this particular film, but I would say like, um, if you have hif- history with the Snyder remake, or if you have history with like any of the other um, George A. Romero Living Dead movies, like what do, what is your brief history with this IP? Um, I'll kick us off. 
because we talked about uh, Night of the Living Dead on a Goats episode uh, a couple months ago, and so that was the first time I watched it. I grew up like watching zombie movies. Like I really have always liked them. Um, I think Dawn of the Dead was the one I watched the most, like the Snyder remake. Um, and I think, and I think I've seen like a Night of the Dead remake that was terrible because copyright issues and anybody could just make whatever they wanted then. So anyway, I think I saw that. Um, I saw the, the new George A. Romero movies, the land survival and diary of the dead. And I um, really hated land and survival, but I kind of <laughs> like diary. Um, but I love zombie movies as a whole. Um, I would just, I, I think if we want to go straight zombie movie, I think that coming into this experience that Zack Snyder's um, Dawn of the dead is my favorite zombie movie. Um, um, so that'll be really interesting to kind of see where they compare um, now having seen the original, but um, that one was for sure the most formative to me. I mean, obviously like I think zombie land is probably the best zombie movie, but because it's also a comedy, like I'm if we want to go straight horror zombie, I think that that Snyder um, James Gunn, Zack Snyder's uh, Dawn of the dead was really formative for me and probably my personal favorite, even though it's maybe not the best, but um, like it certainly got some issues, but I just, really love that movie um scott what is your history with this ip in this film? um it's it's almost the exact same as yours i think the first real um exposure i got to zombies was the 2004 dawn of the dead mm-hmm. and it just had its hooks in me ever since as I, I most of my teen years i i wrote zombie fiction um those are long gone to the years i wish i had those um but i fully embraced the zombie culture i watched everything zombie um Mm -hmm. it took me a long time to ever actually get to the original um night of the living dead and this was the first time watching uh the this uh, the original dawn of the dead um i'm still huge into the walking dead uh so i'm i'm all things zombies nice um yeah I, i think i watched the first four seasons of walking dead but I hated three so much and four didn't redeem it enough. I was like, I'm going to hop <laughs> off here. That's fair. Um, like four was better, but three was terrible. Um, but uh, yeah. And I, I, yeah, like you, I'd get my, I, I still will get my hands on anything zombie. Like, um, like, uh, like train to Basan. Oh yeah. It's pretty good. And uh, classic. Um, I really love one cut of the dead. Uh, yeah. I think that one's awesome. That's great. I still need to see that. Oh, you would love make it a priority it's so it'll good. be like a new top 10 for you man um, <laughs> it's so good oh, uh, and then, sorry and then um uh zombie games um i know it's not quite the oh yeah medium yeah for but sure the call of duty uh world at war the first time they mm-hmm. did zombies was mm-hmm. just like revolutionary for me and my friends like it's it was still the sure. best version like that original yeah, it's still really the best version. It, yeah. it, it's at its simplest form and it's still just so good I need to find somebody because like it's backwards compatible and the servers are still up. So like I, I every now and then we'll try to find people like, I'm like, Hey, like I'll buy you this game if you'll play it with me. <laughs> like, um, yeah. And, uh, and I like, I love the dead rising games. Um, like specifically, I, I actually think three's the best. Um, but I really um, like two. I like Travis. Two's good. Yeah. But uh, there's something about three, like just, it was the it was it was on the new generation of consoles, so they were able to do so much more. Like, mm-hmm. I really liked three, um, but the the yeah, and the 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 Dead Rising games. There was there's a million zombie games out there, and I played them all. Um, not so much recently, but like I, I I own a lot of them, and it's just I have them 
backlogged, but uh, like, uh, um, like I, I think I started to play Dead Island one time and then never did, but like I own them now and I'll play them someday. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, but uh, uh, Joe, what is your history with zombies in general and this movie and the IP and all that stuff? I mean, zombies in general, like I grew up with zombies, like pretty much the entirety like of my childhood life. Uh, as far as like Romero's films go, uh, yeah, I, I grew up watching Night of the Living Dead. Um, I actually really like the remake too that Savini did. Uh, they did a really good job with that for his uh, Night, of, Night of the Dead remake. Um, I love Dawn of the Dead, the film we're going to talk about. It's probably one of my favorite zombie films. Uh, not my favorite. Uh, and I also like Day of the Dead. I think Day of the Dead is like really misunderstood. It's a smaller budgeted film. Um, wasn't quite what Romero wanted to do, but uh, I still think it's a great film. I think and the, um, the acting was really excellent and intense. So yeah, just a little bit about Day of the Dead and some of the other films, but um yeah, I'm a huge George A. Romero fan. I think he uh, is a genius. I don't think he ever saw his due that he needed to. Um, that copyright issue really messed him <laughs> messed him over uh, for Night of the Living Dead. But uh, but yeah, he's he's a genius in my book. So yeah, that's my overall experience with zombies. Cool. Well, before we get into our rating for this film, um, I want to give a brief history because I think there's two things that are important to know about this franchise. Man, this uh, this franchise is plagued with like release issues because, as mentioned on the Night of the Living Dead issue, they um, like misspelt one word um, in the copyright, and so that film was never copyrighted, which is why it's available pretty much everywhere, and why that there have been a bunch of remakes of Night of the Living Dead, you know, for six dollars total budget, you know. It's why that um, particular IP is is so able to be used. And so the follow-up to this movie was 10 years after the first. Um, and, um, and George A. Romero came back and did this one. And um, so, so he teamed up with Dario Argento, who did some of the score. Um, really, Goblin was like behind it, but Dario Argento is in there as well. He was a producer. And um, he, he had the international distrib- distributing rights. So... so the first thing to know is that there are three different definitive cuts of this movie, but we're watching the one that I suggested that we watch is one that is an amalgamation of all three to make sure that it is like the full complete experience. Um, because the original premiere of this was at Cannes film festival, which is a long version of the theatrical version that apparently Romero cut down after Cannes before giving the U S release. So the theatrical version is Romero's preferred cut the extended edition was the one that premiered at Cannes and apparently Dario, Dario Argento recut it and released it internationally, um, which is known as the Argento cut. Apparently um, he just cut out a lot of the, the, the comedy and, and like satire, like they still have some of the satire elements, but he cut out a lot of the things that were meant for a laugh. He wanted to make it more of a straight horror film. So that's what the Argento cut is mostly in. And it's almost entirely the original score and the theatrical cut did cut out uh, a decent amount of the original score composed by Goblin and um, added a lot of like um, classic uh, pieces. So that's just the brief history of the cuts. The reason why you can't really find this movie in stores, why there hasn't been like a recent restoration or anything like that is because in the like 2010s era, somebody bought the film rights uh, because they wanted to convert this movie into 3D and restore it and release it. And so they sold the film rights to him, but he's never like been able to get the funding to release it. So because I remember and this is all based off of memory. I didn't refresh my memory, but it's like something like he bought the film, right? Or he was given the film rights or bought them or whatever. So he can re- um, redo the like 
restore the film and make it 3D and release it uh, in that way. But he he's never gotten around to releasing it. So until it releases, he just still has the rights. And apparently he's like doesn't want to give them back. He wants somebody to be like, hey, I want this movie to go out in my way before. So anyway, that's what's um, that's the reason why you can't just go find this movie on a Walmart shelf. You know, otherwise I feel like it might be pretty easy. You can find it at resale stores, but even like DVD copies aren't cheap on eBay because it's just not in current U.S. distribution. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a brief history about some of this stuff. But again, it's free on YouTube and you can check out. It's not censored or anything. Um, it's still full bloody and um, there's one scene with very partial nudity and, you know, I'm kind of, you know surprised it gets by the YouTube um, guideline stuff, but it's, it's been up I there mean, for it's, years. It's, it's pretty tame. Yeah. And I feel like it's probably just one of those where like they don't make any money off of it. Right. It's demonetized, but mm-hmm. yeah. I'm surprised it hasn't gotten st- like with a copyright strike or anything. But anyway, True. Um, so Dawn of the Dead, 1978. Um, Joe, I'm going to start with you because you've seen this one before and because you already tipped your hand a little bit. Do you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? Uh, I mean, I love it. I think it's a classic. Uh, and I don't care any- about anybody's opinion. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really curious, though. Um, I had to show it. No, I'm just kidding. What, you, you, you watched this extended cut and had only seen presumably the theatrical first. Um, did this make you appreciate the movie more or less the same? Um, I, what was it I like actually- this time? I think this cut is actually like vastly superior. Uh, I'm a big fan of the uh, Goblin's like overall music and score uh, being a fan of it's funny. Cause like, I heard Goblin's score in this film first um, when I first watched it, but then I went back and watched, you know, Suspiria later on in life. And like, I'm like, man, mm-hmm. this music is like really crazy and like really kind of groovy and stuff, but like it really works for this film. And it really sets the tone. And I, so I think for this cut, I think it really works. There's, it's always like something like really eerie and like something in the background. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you can never feel like they could like settle down and relax. Like there's always like constant tension. I think the score really helps with that. But. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, Scott, um, did you like it? Love it? Hated this? Like it? Think it's just okay? Also, like you watched the extended Mal Hours cut too? Yeah. Uh, yes, I did. Uh, this cool. is the first time, like I said, uh, first time watching this movie. I'm on almost a complete opposite side of Joe. I did not like this movie at all. Oh, okay. Um, for reference. I assume you're with me on the love it for the Snyder's version, the Snyder remake. I, I am. Okay. That's really interesting. Um, I'm going to go low side of loved it. Um, although I am going to say I do prefer the Snyder version. Um, maybe it's nostalgia goggles, but I think, in, I think there's a lot of things that each film has its own merits. And one of the things that I found the most surprising was that the only similarities between this original film and the remake is that, um, they both take place in a mall. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. They're not the same characters. Those are, yeah, they're literally. The, that's the only. That's the only right. similarity between the films. There's not the same characters. There's definitely not the same like third act. Um, they're wildly different. There's also like the tone um, is completely different. Like completely the, the different. tone is very different. There's not even like kills that are the same. It's not filmed at the same mall. Um, like I think that, I think if I watched the remake now, it's, I would see some homages, but like. There's ultimately nothing tying these two movies together except for a mall setting. Um, and there, like there's, there's, there's also um, in this film, there's only four survivors at the mall versus mm-hmm. the Dawn of Dead. It has the, the, the two leads that we follow and then they meet up with the security guards and then like a truckload of people come halfway through that movie. So like it's a significantly larger cast in that movie as well. This one's just four people mm-hmm. um, once the movie gets going. Um, so, um, 
I'm going to go. So I, I do think I like a lot of, especially like seeing this now and understanding and appreciating what this movie was for the time. I, re- I have a, I have a lot of new respect for the remake because it's not just a copy, but it is, um, I think in a lot of ways, like it expands on some ideas. Like there's the whole, um, subplot about the lead character being, um, pregnant that doesn't mm-hmm. really go anywhere. Um, versus I like the juxtaposition of in the remake of the already pregnant nine months person who's, you know, um, infected and hiding it like, Mm -hmm. and, and what is that going to look like? You know? Um, so, um, like I like that particular storyline better. I, I, I prefer the third act of the Snyder remake. Um, just it's cool. I love my favorite thing about that movie is the interaction with the gun shop owner across the street. So like, I really missed that there was no outside connection in this movie, mm-hmm. but I also appreciated it. Like I'm trying to say like, I prefer the other way, but I also really liked Like this was really refreshing. Like I kind of liked more people there, especially because more people just died throughout the movie. Um, so it really felt like anything could happen at any moment. So did this one, but like there's four survivors total, um, one of them dies halfway through and another person dies in the finale. Like mm-hmm. that's like, sure. Anything can happen at any moment, but like, that's it's, it's anyway. yeah. They're very different films. Cause like I consider the remake more of an action horror film. It is where this is like more of like a social commentary drama mm-hmm. type of film. Like what, what, what would you do if you were thrown in a situation? You're thrown in the most ideal mm-hmm. situation possible in the zombie apocalypse and you're still miserable <laughs> Yep, <laughs> and everything's yep. horrible. Nothing mm-hmm. means anything. Like it's very, like it's very dark if you really think about it. And um, even like with some of the jokes they toss in there, like it did like, there's almost not enough levity for some of the stuff. If you're really, really paying attention to this movie, sure. like <laughs> I'm like, cherry was- on top, like, you know, Fran, like you said, Fran is like pregnant and they don't make a big deal of it. And I kind of like the fact they don't make a big deal of it. They're like, yeah, it's a situation. Not everything, yeah. not everything has to go somewhere. Not everything has to be a Chekhov's gun, but yeah, I, I, again, it just made me appreciate like clearly James Gunn, who wrote the screenplay for the remake that Snyder directed saw that as an opportunity and was like, okay, but how can we do it different and maybe a little bit better, especially if we're going to introduce more people, right? Like, well, here's, here's this. And you have the, um, like I, th- I think there's a, a couple of little homages that I think worked really well. Like there's a there's a scene where they're clearing out the mall and they're carrying the guy in the wheelbarrow, and that felt very similar to when they're dragging the guy, <laughs> yeah. um, in the parking yeah. garage. Like like clearly like that felt like an homage. It's not quite the same, but yeah. you know they give him two pistols and they're just like, all right, start shooting, and they start pulling him back. Like that felt very similar. Um, it did feel like an homage to the scene where he's like pulling around Roger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think, um, man, there's like, there's lots to love about both movies. I think, um, I'm going to go low side. I loved it, but I am still going to prefer the Snyder version. Although, um, I want, I'm really curious to find out why it didn't quite work for you, Scott, but I do want to start with the positives then. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, okay. I think my, first of all, I also want to address, I think this is probably going to be the definitive cut of the version. I don't know. Like, cause apparently Romero's cut, like has less of the goblin score, which I think is an incredible score, but it also is missing some of the scenes that I think were my favorite. Um, specifically there's a scene in the very beginning where they're almost, um, uh, like robbed of the helicopter that is just not existent in the theatrical cut. Mm-hmm. Apparently the scene of them flying over the fields of Pennsylvania with a bunch of the, you know, as they say, like 
hillbillies or rednecks or like blue collar people like you know just go into town on these zombies um apparently that's significantly shorter in the theatrical cut as well as um um the uh, the intro raid sequence is also apparently significantly cut down uh like i think they, they, from what they, had, I, they had some stuff i wouldn't say it's like significantly cut down but they do well i heard yeah. that the scene where they discover the room full of people that were like in bags and tied up isn't in the theatrical cut i think it is i, I mean i have the theatrical okay. cut they, they have that um okay but the, but there's some added color with some of the characters at the beginning. Um, some of the minor characters okay. uh, during that, during that raid, like when they're having a discussion, he's talking to the rookie guy, the, the I mean, spoiler, the, the guy gets shot like two seconds later, but like that yeah. discussion's a little larger. Uh, the, the scene you're talking about where the cops come in or like, they're going to raid them for their stuff. The only time they cut that whole scene. And all you see is that really goofy cop guy, the extra they're like, Hey guys, you guys haven't got any cigarettes. And then they're like, no, we ain't got cigarettes. And then they light up as soon as he leaves, which is a great scene, by the way. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, they significantly cut that down. I thought that was kind of cool that like they quelled the situation. Cause like the other cops came, like, uh, you know what I mean? You had Roger and you had Peter come and they're like, Hey, they're with us. Like, what are you doing? And they're like, Oh, okay. And then now all of a sudden they're all buddy, buddy. And they want cigarettes from them. You know, it's just funny. Well, and it does, I, I think it significantly like helps the film because we get the sense right off the bat that everybody is about to start fitting for themselves. Now, sure, we've yeah. seen this trope a million times, but I don't know that we'd like this was maybe the though. first time that we've seen that. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, it, you know, there's a million times, there, there's a ton of different situations that we've seen in zombie films of people either banding together for good, you know, let's say Zombie Land, right? Um, where they, you know, learn to trust each other a little bit. And even in Zombie Land 2, where they get to the sanctuary and everybody's living in peace and harmony um, without weapons and whatnot, you know, but, um, but there's, like it, there's definitely that sense of oh yeah people are going to do whatever they can that nobody's going to trust anybody the fact that these four even trust anybody is kind of ridiculous and i'm sure that trust is going to be broken at some point there's um yeah the and then and then even there's the scene like next where they go to the mall and they're like um or they 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 get the gas and they they leave and yeah they go to the mall or whatever and they they essentially say like we're thieves like we are no longer the good guys. Uh, oh. I thought that was really interesting. Uh, Kevin, yeah, yeah, Ken, Ken Foria has like some of the best lines, and he delivers them super well. Like, yeah, he's just like, he's like, he's like, get us straight. We're bad guys and we're thieves. This is what yeah. we're doing. Like, we're, we're not what we used to be. Like that, that's out the door now. Um, so yeah, I, I love that. A lot of his lines are just like super good. Like the infamous, like you know when when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. You know what I mean? Like all this like mm-hmm. stuff that he delivers. It's like super awesome. But like, but yeah, yeah. I, I like that. I like that part. Like he really tips his hand. He's just like, yeah, this society is done. We're, we're, we're done. You know what I mean? Like, well, but also just for them to like realize that they are the bad guys in the beginning. Like, I mean, sure. There are protagonists and we want them. The, the zombies are ultimately the bad guys. And then the motorcycle gang at the end. Right. But like the movie is also pretty clear in saying, we're not supposed to be rooting for these people. Um, you know, we're rooting for them to survive, but we're not necessarily like supposed to be like, oh, these are good people, you know, um, especially once they get to the mall, which the like the the messaging is is so like in your face. It's 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 not like it's not subtle at all. I don't think it's like ever was distracting for me, but it's it's certainly not one of those movies that you could look at years later and be like, oh, actually, like um, I've been watching the um, Nightmare Before Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Um, because I've got that podcast episode coming up in three weeks of watching like eight of them. So 
And apparently, I didn't notice it in the first time, but I definitely see it retroactively. But apparently, like, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is very, like, LGBTQIA plus friendly and has been, like, a staple in that community for years. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm finding that out retroactively. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Like, I understand that. And it makes me appreciate the movie. Like, there's no looking at this movie 20 years later and getting something new from it. But I also didn't feel like it was, like, pushed in my face. But, like, what, what George A. Romero is saying about consumerism, I mean, from from the facts that they you know, they, they have that line early on. They're like, oh, people just walk in these repeated patterns. So they go to the familiar area and they go to the thing and they, you know, so naturally it's got to be the mall. Even in the end when everybody's like, um, you know, getting shot up and everything is just chaos. Like there's still like zombies that are like on the phone at the mall, like, yeah. you know, like a teenage <laughs> girl. Dude. Like, and there's, uh, and there's that one that's like checking herself out in the mirror, you know, and like, uh, and, and also the, the gun zombie, you know what I mean? Just, just carrying around the gun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> And well, and also the the commentary on here are these four people in the absolute utopia. They don't have to pay for a thing. They have everything at their access. They've cleared out the mall from zombies. So there's not really a threat anymore anyway. And they are miserable. Like they still have problems too. Like they have relationship yeah. problems. They have trust issues. Like yeah, mental but, but, breakdowns. Like <laughs> but the but what what George Romero is saying about you know the 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 you know the Walking Dead right the people that are um, you know, eventually what the people become, the people that were uh, the survivors, eventually what they become, you know, they're right. zombies, <laughs> you know, for part of the movie. Um, some of them literally and some of them figuratively, but, um, but yeah, like the, the, the way that they kind of, uh, um, uh, yeah, the way that they'd like, you could just see it. Um, it's, it feels like it's three or four layers deep. Um, or three or four different like messages. I mean, again, it's all on the surface. Um, I don't, I don't think anybody's, parsing anything new from what Romero was saying about um, consumerism, but uh, I'm I'm sure, I'm sure there's still some tidbits there. Like it is, it is like, probably I I feel like it is surface, but I do think there's a lot below the surface. You know what I mean? Like they do a lot to like really, really sell, uh, sell the, the, the the, the aspect of this. Um, Um, It seems really obvious now because like, like you said, like so many people have done it to death. Now we're making, you know, making comparisons between either consumerism or just like the way the government is with zombie films or just like thematically throwing something on top of zombies. But like, yeah, I think he really, um, yeah, I think he really, really nailed it here. Uh, I want to mention two things, um, before, you know, that I really loved about this movie as well. The first is, um, I love that we actually get to see a main character that we spend a lot of time with walk around as a zombie, because I feel like one of these things that happens in zombie movies is like we're already living well in the established um like zombie timeline and for some reason it's like anytime a main character dies like they have to be pulled apart um like it's not just they're bitten and then they're gone right like it just feels like any like they're anytime there's a main character like we never receive see them return as a zombie Mm -hmm. it's it's they're ripped to shreds by the zombies and so um because there was the elevator thing like it was I did really appreciate um, seeing Flyboy walking around as a zombie at the end. I mean, didn't really necessarily go anywhere. Like there was no like seeing somebody point a gun and be like, I can't pull the trigger, you know, like, which fine. I don't need that trope in here. They're kind of, is is that like, he's he's kind of like, doesn't want to pull the trigger, but like, what, what, I mean, what is he going to do? Like, mm -hmm. 
I mean, it's not overlong and drawn out. And and the biggest purpose yeah. <laughs> I think for him, the biggest purpose I think for him coming back is he's leading the rest of the zombies where they were because again they right. walk repeated patterns. It's, so. Yeah, it's his it's his motor pathway. If anything, he's like trying to get back to Fran. Like that's the way I thought about it. Right? Yeah. That's like the last yeah. thing he remembers. Like I get I got to get back to my girlfriend. So mm-hmm. like he's just leading them and he's still holding the gun too. Like it's like clinched. Like it's perfect the way the way it's like shot and like and played out. Sure. And like um, he has like a limp going, like he looks pretty yeah, yeah. crazy. <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm more so like bring that up just to say like, again, just people are usually ripped apart. We never see them walking around as zombies. And so it is right. really refreshing to see that. Um, um, especially after spending so much time with the character, you know, it's not like somebody that was bitten in the beginning and then, you know, we, they abandoned them at a house and later they come back or whatever, you know, like it is kind of refreshing to see. And on a, um, um, and then the other note that I really wanted to mention is, um, I think one of the reasons why I also prefer the Snyder version, as we mentioned, it's more of an action movie, um, versus this one. And that's a, okay. Um, it's, it's two different movies. And one of the things about it is that the zombies in there are so fast and these are slow zombies. And I think it's one of those that like, it's been a debate among year, uh, you know, for years, which are better, which are scarier, you the slow zombies or the fast zombies, because obviously the fast ones are fast and they can get to you quicker, but the slow ones can sneak up on you and they can hide better and whatnot. And so like, I really love the pace and energy from the remake, but like it legitimately felt in this movie that every time they encountered a zombie, that, that one of them could die. Um, like they really sold me on that, that like, here's the small and sure it was a lot more full than I expected. And again, maybe it's because when they get to the remake, the security cops had already cleared out all, but like three zombies in the mall. Um, you know, they had locked the doors pretty early and there was a couple in there, but like, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and then more get in later with the, with the new set arriving, but it was like, there was a lot in the mall. Um, but it really did feel like, even if there was only three or four, like it just takes three or four to, yeah, they felt um, like a threat. Like, even though they were very slow and just shuffling around, like, like you said, like, and you could tell like with Pete, like not with Peter, with Roger, he was just like, just losing it. You know what I mean? And that's why he, you know, he eventually gets killed. But like, yeah. Um, that's, that's the big things I wanted to hit right off the bat. Um, Scott, I am, I'm interested, um, before we dive full, like into some of the negatives, do you have any like positives that you want to get out there? Uh, yeah, there, you did mention a couple of, of things already, like uh, the hillbilly scene of everybody just kind of having a party and a good time and just like Mm -hmm. working together to take out the stragglers that come up. I thought that was really good and interesting and maybe a better movie <laughs> um but uh there was uh, some good tension um there was uh i i when i watched this about a week ago so things are kind of muddling together but um there was i think a time when roger seemed to have two or three zombies on him and was able to wrestle away and that was pretty good and i don't know if that was the same i, I just have in my notes here dude with a screwdriver and i don't know if that's the same scene or if that's a different scene um there's a there's somebody tackles one of the guys and he pulls a screwdriver out of the zombie's belt and stabs him in the yeah, okay ear. yeah so I, yeah. I did like that roger does that he gets pulled down by his jacket okay okay yeah so yeah. that's that is the same scene yeah um and then a lot of the a lot of the positives that you guys were mentioning i was kind of been like yeah okay that's that's good i can i can get on board with that um, Joe, anything you want to get before, like w- we could certainly keep talking about things we liked about the movie, but I do kind of want to get into why Scott didn't like the movie, but anything you want to add before then? Um, cause I also have a, f- I have a few negatives to say. I don't know that it's very much th- that it's, I, I think that I think the, or anything important. I think the third act can be a little jarring, but actually enjoy the third act. If there was anything I would weigh more into the negative would be if I, if I had a negative, I don't have any negatives. Spoiler alert. Cause I just don't. 
um, uh, the uh, um, the biker scene, like it is a little over the top. Um, it especially kind of doesn't make much sense. It's like it's like this ragtag group of like people, but like they they can't take out a bunch of zombies and take out about four people. It just seems kind of weird that these people have been living on the road for like and surviving, but like um, when push comes to shove, they are pretty they're pretty easy and pretty much pushovers for the most part. But sure, it's like cool. Um, I'll say. Let me ask you a qu- clarified question, Joe. It's or, uh, either one of you that knows why does the group leave the mall in the Snyder version? I can't remember. Like I know, like they go, they they go to the boats, um, but I, I believe it wasn't they, like a lack of resources, was it? I I, I believe they just get overrun and they got to go. Yeah, I, well, think I know that, that situation, but I know that they're preparing to go, like because they were going to go take Andy across the street, and then they have to go because the one person ran across the street to go because the dog <laughs> went into Andy's thing. Um. But, um, but yeah, I, the, I, I just couldn't like, it's not a lack of resources. I know they get overrun, but I know they were planning on going to the boats anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I was, but, I was planning on rewatching the 2004 version. I just haven't got around to it, but I, yeah, I, I, I think that there was rumors that there was an Island that was safe. Oh for yeah. Them. There was supposed to be the, um, the Island that was zombie free and yeah. they were going to take their chances. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I just like, I couldn't remember why they left. And I, and obviously in this one, it's, it's, clear to see why they left but mm-hmm. um and i almost like that the movie just ends like where it does right mm-hmm. like they, we don't know what happens to them next um yeah and, they, don't, they don't have a lot of fuel either they're like no they like, don't have yeah. a lot of fuel they're <laughs> they're two people that have been pretty diametrically opposed the whole time like um you know apparently there was a alternate version of this film that depending on who you asked was filmed or wasn't apparently some people say it was filmed and then Romero says it was never filmed. And apparently it was like, there was a prop built for the scene, but then the prop was later used in the, in the iconic shot in the, in the intro raid scene where somebody kicks down a door and shoots, like blows some guy's head off with a shotgun. Mm. But apparently that prop was built because the original, like one of the endings of the movie was supposed to be, um, that, uh, Peter wound up shooting himself and Francine, uh, jumped into the helicopter blades like as the as the yep. end of the movie yeah that's um, the film. that was the, that was supposed to be the original ending which <laughs> already a dark movie by the way <laughs> which i like this ending better the 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 one where two of them escape um I, I don't know i guess i guess i would need to see in what circumstances does she jump into the blades and what you know because i totally i totally believed that peter was about to just shoot himself when he was cornered um he's gone through like, so much too like yeah, it seems like the logical thing to do, you know, at that point, because yeah, he's got to trust running. that he can then make it to the to the helicopter and get on the helicopter with making it through these dozens of zombies that are, as we mentioned, all a threat. Um, so anyway, I uh, I love his highlight reel um, music, by the way, like when he's fighting his way back to the helicopter, he gets like this like uh, old highlight reel football player like music. Uh-huh. And he's just like kicking zombies and like throwing them. I love that part. Yeah, of Yeah, he's movie. like pinning them against the wall and punching them in the gut. I'm like, dude, it's a zombie. Like he's doing like spin kicks. And like he's do- he does like a pop yeah. kick on one of them. Like I don't know. I really like that scene. But like he's like chopping them and like doing all these like like uh-huh. I guess that's martial arts. <laughs> he's it's, just like, it's, like, like just, it's like just take out your sidearm and shoot him in the head once. Like that's it, you know. Um, yeah. But I I was more so curious because I couldn't remember in the remake why they leave. Um, other than I know they they got overrun and they had to kind of push, but I know they were planning on it. And in this one, they're just kind of like. We got to go, you know, um, there's not necessarily a purpose for them to leave, but like you almost get the feeling like they would have left eventually because things were so boring. I'm not. So that's why I also really love the scene where, um, uh, where Flyboy propo- proposes 
and she's just like not like this this isn't real um yeah like and I'm, like really great scene um but um let's 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 get into some of the negatives i'm really curious uh scott what what are the things that just did not vibe with you about this movie i think at its core it's because this is the first time seeing it uh where are we at like 50 years later give or take um and i just don't think that it holds up uh for a first time viewing is that there's just better movies out there or better zombie movies out there that i'd rather watch um i don't believe that the uh I think that just everything is just too over the top for me. Mm. Um, so I think that the, I don't think that the zombie effects are that good um, or the makeup is uh, that, that good. The zombie acting I think is really bad. Um, and apparently the, the makeup artist wanted to make every, like the zombies look gray, but then apparently like yeah. the way that it showed up on the film, like they You're showed blue. up blue. So even he wasn't happy about it. There, there's also the color grade issues with the blood. The blood yeah. was, uh, they had some issues with mixing the blood or something. And like, it comes out pink. I was going to say that the greatest thing about this cut is that the color grade is like really dark. So the blood isn't as noticeable as like pink. It comes off more reddish and like more kind of darker in most scenes. So yeah. that also is in favor of this cut. And like, it just kind of gives it a grittier feel just to say. Um, so I, I had trouble just kind of early on, uh, and then, and then the the big thing was there was just so much of the same that I felt like is that sure. there was lots of just the same shot being used, and I'm just like, okay, I get it. You're you're taking out zombies, and it was a lot much of the same of just um, a still photo or a still shot of of a prop exploding or something like that. Gotcha. And there was there was just a lot of that that just like for and it was two and a half hours. So I was like, I don't feel like I needed all of this. I feel like um, I would not mind less of the police raid scene. I mean, like, like I, I really like that one scene where they stumble across. But I feel like they could have gotten them all quicker. Um, but I again, really, some of my favorite scenes were were before that, you know. But I just like it, they just kind of drop you in, and I I wasn't. It took me a while to kind of adjust. I'm like, oh, okay, so this is clearly like the zombie apocalypse has happened, and they're sending out SWAT teams to raid buildings to clear out zombies that they believe there are zombies there, like. This is clearly the first steps of enacting martial law. Like, um, but it, it did feel to me, um, it, it certainly is over the top. And I certainly would agree with you, Scott, that I think there are certainly like, we've seen this done before and, and, and maybe even better. I think this is just one of those where you have to go. It's 45 years old this year. I think. Yeah. Um, if I'm mathing right. Um, and like for that reason alone, like we, sh- th- there's enough there to, it's just been 45 years. I mean, this was pivotal, right? Every movie is trying to do Dawn of the Dead again, except for Dawn of the Dead 2004. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, like there's so much. And that's why I even had a, I had, I had this issue more with night of the living dead. Um, I don't know that I had that as much here. Maybe it's cause I was just able to appreciate it. And because this movie was so different from the remake, but like, two thirds of night of the living dead is them figuring out how zombies work. And it's like, we know how zombie works. Get to the point. It's like, Oh, that's right. This is the first time. Right. (laughs) Um, and, and night of the living dead is almost like saved by that ending, um, which is so incredible and way ahead of its time. Um, like that's to me is what really stood out above the rest. But, um, but I think there was a lot here that like, I could see the framework, but yeah, I, I think there is a lot to, 
kind of understand and even appreciate what that what you're saying, Scott. Like if if the zombie genre died, <laughs> um, ironic. If if people weren't interested and this was like a cult classic and zombie genre just never really took off. Like if you if we haven't gotten like 35 seasons of The Walking Dead and um, you know, another four George A. Romero zombie films after this, plus mm. Shaun of the Dead and like the zombies the zombie genre is so oversaturated. I feel like everything from this movie has been recycled five or six times. And I get that. Um so I it I think it's just one of those where I'm I'm willing to just go back and say, um, maybe I just expected that going in. But. Yeah, you you have to like kinda like I mean I hate to say this, you have to like take yourself back to that time. It's such a it's such a like crappy excuse like this to say that. But I really like I really appreciate it. I love the makeup effects in this because you know, I think Tom Savini's work during this time is like really solid. But also it kind of shows you a progression of his work too, because like you see him later when he does work for like um when he does like Friday the thirteenth films and like that stuff it's like looking super gnarly like i gotta see his early work and i gotta see him like progress but like yeah. i mean as as much as i appreciate like i'm i'm willing to give the make the effects a pass um because i think that i mean first of all anytime that there's practical effects it just looks great but eat like the makeup stuff i'm willing to give that mm-hmm. a pass because the makeup artist wasn't happy with how it looked like but i'm also i, I also uh to your point scott this came out a year after the original star wars like effects were on a whole new level at this era like <laughs> It, it, it when you when you look at it in that terms, it's like man, like and I get Star Wars did a lot of masks and whatnot as opposed to you know, um, right? But this, is, this is like independent filmmaking, like yeah. in Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you can't compare this. Oh yeah, this movie it, feels it's like it was made for, for so much money for for the time. I can appreciate what it, what it did for the time, but yeah. as as somebody who's oversaturated with everything, uh, with I could watch anything. Um, I just I just don't feel like this holds up. So I like I understand the appreciation. By no means am I questioning how do both of you love it. I get it. I get why why you might like it. So this isn't me trying to convince you that it's bad or anything. I would never want anyone to convince even anyone of that anyway. But just for my my viewing experience, I, I, th- I think you articulated that point incredibly well. I think it I think it totally makes sense. Like if if you're if you're seeing something like you know like the top special effects artists like you're seeing like the first episode of the walking dead and then you watch this it's like it's pretty jarring yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's a different experience you know they, I mean? yeah it's it's just i um it's it, it has been a while since i've seen night of the living dead but i don't feel like that they kind of went like this this camp with it where and and i think maybe because it was 68 i was a little bit more forgiving of it being in the 60s than the 70s but still just kind of seeing people the zombies who just essentially are just people and the, the the zombie movement really hasn't been figured out yet, and it just to me it's still it just looks silly, like not so much scary or interesting. So, it's just goofy. I wonder if kind of counter to that point, I looked up a lot of trivia about this movie um, before watching it, only because um, I was trying to like I was trying to just find it in IMDb trivia real quick. The whole like why are there different cuts and what are the different cuts and mm-hmm. what do they mean and distribution rights and all that. Um, Romero made a campy movie like this was supposed to be campy in 78 because uh, he apparently wanted um, he wanted it to feel like a comic book. Um, yeah, like like so like 
you're right in that it is campy and cheesy, but like that's the movie Romero but, wanted to yeah, make. And like, you know, and it's, it's very it's, colorful. Like it would not yeah. be the first time that that I've missed the point of a movie and gone back and watched it with a different lens. I'm not even saying that that like you're missing the point. Like I, th- I could very easily see somebody watching this and being go like, oh yeah, that's like way like. Again, as somebody who's currently watching all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, like I'm like, oh, that is way 80s and too much 80s, you know. Um, like I just watched uh, Four, which starts with an original pop song and ends with a pop song, like as the credits start. Like, and I'm like, oh man, this is 1988, and it feels like 1983, like in the worst possible way. Um, you know, like. Um, so I like I could totally understand like I, I understand what you're saying I just I think I'm I was so lost in the um um I was so lost in the trivia that the, a lot of reading about this movie really helped me appreciate it mm. um because again I, I still do prefer the Snyder one because I prefer that pace I right. I even prefer um Scott how you were saying like uh um um or I was thinking you were saying something I can't remember what it is I'm sorry but I was thinking uh about how like the use of montages in Snyder's version. Um, Like there's, there's a few montages of them, like just killing people or like, I love the scene with Ving Rhames on the roof and they're just like holding up cards and like kill the guy that looks like Jay Leno. Like it's like, I love the interaction and I love the, um, you know, there's like a montage of like, Hey, we've cleared out the mall. What do we do now? And there's like a montage of people, you know, having their sprees, which, there's a small one in here, mm-hmm. um, which is completely cut from Argento's version because he wanted to make. I want Scott. I wonder if you would like the Tario Argento version because he cut out all the comic stuff. <laughs> no, the 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 spree is actually in the um, the original too. Well, but that's the theatrical. The the theatrical. The yeah. the, 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 the 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 Ardario Argento international cut. He cut anything that was supposed to make you laugh. Oh, okay. Um, he wanted to make a straight like, horror film. So, the, like, the scene where, like, they're in the store and he puts on, like, the cowboy boots and is, like, you know, put them up. And, like, that's gone from the Argento version. So... I don't even see that as funny. To me, I just see that as, like, like character building. Like, that's, like, stuff that people would do when they're trying on clothes. Like... Yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 but Dario Argento is, like, it's very, like... It's kind of weird that he would think that that's goofy, like... <laughs> If you've seen well, any Dario like, Gento like, films, it gets kind of goofy sometimes. So it's like, but there's even like a scene where somebody's like, "Hey, you think this is enough bread?" And then you know, the oh yeah, the coffee. He's like pulls out the massive yeah, the coffee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like that's clearly a joke, you know. Um, but people so, joke around like that. You know what I mean? Like it's not like oh, a, yeah. um, it's not like a Marvel gag where it's like right. here joke insert. It's like you know people just joke around about dumb stuff all the time. Yeah, no. I, I, so I agree, I, I, but I, I again, I like the way that that's montaged in in the Snyder Gun v- version, where like you see a bunch of adults essentially be kids because they're bored, right? And so like there's yeah. montages of uh, people like running through and trying on a bunch of different clothes. There's montages of people having sex because why not? There's mm-hmm. montages of people like toying with zombies, you know, like. Um, like I, I I like kind of the way that that was kind of captured there, especially because you know when they're doing that, especially because that montage is set to a like swing version of down with the sickness. Like yeah. you just kind of like, you know, the tone like uh, that it's going for. And, and, and there was, there was that, uh, there was that music. I think it was just a classical piece of music that was adapted, but like the, um, I think it's during that sequence. So it's certainly, it's when the zombies are walking or something, uh, th- but it's like that, uh, like that do 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 Like it's kind of that, like, that xylophone. Oh, you talking about the the, the the Benny Hill music? Yeah, 
Yeah, they actually decided that's to me that's a straight comedy. Like that was that was a straight like yeah like wink wink nudge nudge like here's some Benny Hill music like boop 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 boop. boop. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That um that's something else that I actually have here is I, I think just I couldn't figure out the tone of this movie. Um, so I because so, that music just was really jarring. Again, it, this being it, it, everything I know about zombie movies except for the Zombie Land and Shaun of the Dead, where they are they are directly calling out zombie tropes and making fun of it. Like seeing a movie that that feels like it wants to be serious, but also the whimsical music uh, was just kind of really threw me. And I, I bet you, if I watch this movie with with Joe, I'm having a completely different experience. There's also th- this. I think from what I read, this is also the fault with the version that we watched because it's not a uh, remaster. It's not a re-release. Apparently, there is a similar version that was a remaster that was released on a German Blu-ray um, that costs like three hundred US dollars to get. Um, uh, that I certainly wasn't going to spend, but it is essentially this. But but it's it's cut together a lot more smooth, and the color grading is fixed and. Um, and it's because what what we watched is a fan edit mm-hmm. of three different cuts of the same movie with three different tones. So like I understand what you're like because there are right. certainly scenes where you're like that doesn't fit at all here. Um, if I'm ever so that, I'm, if I'm ever in a resale shop and I and I can find Dawn of the Dead, I'll watch of an original version i'll get back to you <laughs> well yeah that's what i was like saying like maybe i was just ready to 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 witness because i had to do because i was doing so much research to be like what version should we watch and like you know especially what's going to be the most accessible but then i was looking at a bunch of tri- like maybe i was just more um more ready for the experience or you know knowing it was supposed to be more of a com of a of a comedy but um it's kind of a yeah, dark comedy I, uh, at times it's got like stuff that's pretty mean-spirited that's like kind of funny though too i agree like i agree with all your points um for sure Uh, i don't i don't think you're necessarily interpreting them again we're watching three different cuts (laughs) of one movie like of course it's gonna feel tonally off um i didn't mind as like there were some people in the youtube comments being like oh man some of these you know transitions are really jarring i didn't notice um but um, i I didn't notice because like George A. Romero, like like you said, like some of the shots are like really boring. Yeah, he's like an industrial like filmmaker, like by the book. Yeah. Like you're not going to be like you know you when you watch like a Refn film, you're like it's like the complete opposite. Like there's no substance, but like you're like man, I could make I could frame this and put this in my room. Whereas like George A. Romero, you're like that's just a shot of like a grenade going off. Like I don't need to, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not like a piece of art. Um, so I, I want to mention. Yeah. I want to mention a couple of things that I think bothered me about this movie, and I think that is. Uh, this movie was uh, made and I again really loved the movie, but um, the movie was made with the central idea of let's get people to hold out into a mall and let's have messages about consumerism and about how these people just living in a mall essentially are no different than the zombies, um, except mm-hmm. that they have a pulse um, barely. So for that reason, a lot of the exterior stuff does kind of get lost on me. And a lot of the whys, I feel like nobody really cared to answer. So like we get two policemen, a traffic analyst and another person that like are just kind of together. And I don't know that it was ever really explained why. Maybe I just missed that particular part, but it just kind of felt like, like at least in Dawn of the Dead, like the, at least in the Snyder cut, the, at least in Snyder and James Gunn's 
re- quote-unquote remake of this film, I understand exactly, like, we have this nurse who is escaping a bad situation, um, and, and a police officer found her, and then they stumbled upon this mall where there was mall security, like, and then there's this group that was already banded together. The infl- like all of that like makes sense to me on why these people would be put in this situation. But, but it makes sense this- in this film too, though. Like it totally makes sense in this film. They I didn't it. get it. I don't. I don't. Maybe I missed that scene. All right. So uh, so, so huh. Francine. Like all right. So there's the intro with Francine, uh, and then Stephen comes and, and, in, and she's Stephen- pregnant with his, and yeah. he can fly the helicopter exactly. And well, yes, yeah, Stephen. Stephen's there, and Stephen also happens to be friends with Roger. Some of this stuff is like. Um, it could be seen as like coincidence or like poor writing, but like, it makes sense. Right. If like, Oh, my friend, we're going to go here. He drives a helicopter. Do you want to come along? He trusts that guy enough because he's a cop also. And then he saved his ass. So like, he's like, Hey, like you want to come yeah, along? I mean, like, I, mean I, 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 I guess sure. It makes a little sense, but it's, it's so like, it seems natural to like, me. Bl- like, Blinking. You'll miss it. Like maybe I must've missed a sentence and then I missed that sentence. And so I was just like, I don't, I don't particularly care. Right. But like, it would have been nice to feel a little bit more natural, you know, it's all very Um, subtle, like really subtle. Like, well, and then again, just 30 minutes left of the movie. We got to find a way to resolve it. Well, um, let's just introduce a biker gang. That's going to come trash this mall for no reason. And it, right. So after mentioning about how every single time a zombie appears, it really feels like anybody could die at any moment. And then these biker comes in, the bikers come in and throw pies in their face and like pickpocket them. And it's just like, these aren't a threat anymore. Like, uh, um, I don't know. The after effects kind of beg otherwise. I mean, they tried to make tools old- out of them, but they, you know what I mean? Like they kind of show you like, you can take these guys unlikely. You guys can, you could sit back on your laurels. You could do whatever you want, but as soon as you're not looking, you're dead. <laughs> well, or or in, or as soon as you get you know the gun shot out of your hand, you know, or you know shot out of the sidecar from the police or, you, you or, know, you, or from you, the motorcycle, you like, try to go lock into one of those machines and check your pulse for some reason. I didn't oh, get yeah. why that guy was trying to do that. <laughs> I think he just for realized what was happening. And he was like, yeah, he was already you know because he wanted to sit down and do it earlier. But anyway, oh uh, that that was just funny to me. That was like, a, oh, it's yeah, a good joke. Whatever, yeah. Um, but it, it just it kind of. It, it it felt very forced like oh it, like there's no reason why the at least i can't see any reason why the motorcycle gang would even want to do that and they happen to catch the helicopter like they're in on the roof almost as if they had been stalking them the whole time or stalking them all uh, like they just discover it and they decide let's go trash the place and like look i'm sure there would be people like that but it, it just really feels like it feels very comic booky <laughs> we need we need a way to wrap up this movie so let's do this and that'll cause a couple people to die and let's either kill everybody or have the other two escape like um it, we'll it, decide after we film them both like it feels really comic booky right like it feels like it does you're like and there's a motorcycle gang you're like huh i see him on the roof let's get him it's like <laughs> but why just steal the place just get him well, out especially of there. and especially why not like hey we're we're you know we're in need of help like they don't even Do try have more room. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, they, they make a joke out of it. There's yeah. three of us. There's clearly 10 people laughing in the background. Yeah, like, that, yeah. um, like clearly they're, they're being facetious and deceitful, but like, um, you know, it's, it's definitely the weakest part of the film. Like it doesn't need to go that route. And it kind of goes that route. Yeah. I get that. They needed to find a way to wrap it up, but it does just kind of feel like, okay, we've made our message about how they can't, they really shouldn't stay here anymore. Um, what's the point in them even staying here, but we got to find a way to kick them out. So, um, did, you, know, did, you, did, 
Did you know Let's the main introduce biker guy a third Fred. Um, I felt like he was similar, but uh, familiar, but I couldn't paint uh, him. It's Tom Savini. Um, he actually did the makeup effects, and then he also. Um, oh yeah, he's been at he's been at a ton of movies. Yeah, he's he's in like all of his movies. Like he yeah, he's effect, like in a lot. Of- like every movie he ever does an effect in. Like yeah, he's in um he's in from Dessel Dawn. He plays uh, that, Sex Machine. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I, that's what I remember him the most about. Yeah. The guy with like the the goatee. Yeah. Yes. The guy with the goatee. Yeah. He's super. I didn't famous. know that. I feel like I, I could almost pin him, but he really felt like um, um, if you guys have seen uh, Sons of Anarchy, he really felt like Tig. Oh, me. yeah. 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 I could see that. <laughs> yeah, he, he has a uh, he has a biker like he's got an interesting look. Yeah. He looks like a swashbuckler. Like, uh, you've you've absolutely seen him before. There's no way that y- you've watched. Uh, you've not seen him in movies. Yeah. yeah. No, I just I, I didn't recognize. But. It probably makes sense since I was thinking like, oh yeah, but um, like he looks kind of familiar, but yeah, I um, like overly, <laughs> like overly featured extra. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the extras in this movie um, were paid a dollar, a donut, and a Dawn of the Dead T-shirt. I thought they gave him a which case of beer awesome. too. I thought they paid him a beer. I'll, t- <laughs> I'll take a T-shirt. Um, I mean, I hear, I, I don't know. Oh no, I, I, the IMDb. That, that was um that was Mad Max. He paid he paid some of the yes, people in beer. <laughs> yeah, they were the extras were given a dollar, a probably for legal reasons, a donut, and a Dawn of the Dead T-shirt. And apparently, like because they had to film this between like malls closing hours, so they filmed between like 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. Um, in inside the mall, apparently they uh, the zombies like were like at the end of a day walking like walking down the street to go to the bar after their shift like still in full makeup like <laughs> it's just so good and and apparently some of them got rowdy so anyway it was fun yeah dawn of the dead that's definitely where i recognize him from i just saw a still from him and dawn of the dead. yeah that's obviously that guy i i just think like everything i've seen him mean, he's a, he's a little bit more pudgier you know he's like nice and fit in this movie um, i don't know he's still pretty fit for for an older gentleman he's yeah he's pretty fit oh absolutely he still but, works yeah. out <laughs> His his face isn't so skinny and from dusk till dawn, you know. Yeah, if, um, if I look like that in my seventies, I will be really happy. Yeah, I'll be thrilled with that. Yeah. Um, uh, that's what. Re- yeah, that's really like my only uh, my only last thoughts. That third act really just kind of feels whatever, and I feel like a lot of times the movie doesn't really answer the question why, and I don't know that it needs to. Again, understanding like this was released in seventy eight, like there weren't a there weren't a ton of movies, especially you know action movies like this or horror movies like this or satire movies like this that really Romero got his message across and that's okay. And that's all he's super cared about. Um, yeah, um, created, and created a cult classic. Great for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think, I think everything Scott said is like super warranted. Like if you're coming with, in with, first viewing, you're like, what the hell is this? With that in mind, Scott, would you recommend this to somebody who's kind of in a similar boat? Like I've, seen a bunch of zombie stuff and I'd be interested in checking this out or like, would you recommend it? But just with, Hey, I want to tell you this one sentence and then watch it. Like the caveat. Yeah. <laughs> that's, um, that's a good point. Cause I, I also feel like I just need to make sure people know, like I can appreciate movies from this time. Halloween is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Sure. But I just think that, that <laughs> again, maybe it's just cause I didn't understand what this movie was. Um, I, th- I think that I, I probably would not recommend this to someone, but if like you're a completionist, then I would say you should see where it started and appreciate what we have now. I would certainly recommend this to people that are fans of the genre zombie genre. If they haven't already seen it, I would warn them that this movie is 
a little tonally over the place and it is certainly like unoriginal watching it in 2023 but again that's because this movie has been the blueprint for every zombie movie since 1978 not night of the living dead this one has been the blueprint um and so like and also just understand it's going for satire. It's, it's not really going for horror all that much. It's not, it's, this is not a scary movie. Um, I would call it tense, but not scary. Um, yeah. that it is going for satire. It is going for comedy and it is, um, there are, there are some things with the makeup just from at the time and whatnot. Like there's, I also think there's like some minor character, like study stuff to be done too. Like you got to see like the wear, that could also be like part of the thematic sure. t- tie-in. You know what I mean? Like the wear and tear of like the experience. I feel like if you've listened to this episode um, and you were wondering whether you should see it, like my thing is if you've heard all the things that I've like countered Scott's thing with, like you are totally warranted to feel the way Scott did, but I just didn't feel it because <laughs> I, because I spent probably as much time researching history of this movie than I did watching the movie. So um now i'll I'll also admit this cut was a little long um i would have really like i wouldn't mind seeing a shorter version of this film the theatrical is two hours and seven minutes so that'd be like 25 minutes shorter Mm -hmm. um i wouldn't mind seeing a like a fan edit of this one to specifically be like this the, the the particular version of this fan edit is to get everything that was filmed on screen i would like to see maybe somebody make make this a little cleaner and trimmed down a little bit so maybe i'm i'm, I'm probably going to check out the theatrical version next time um i'll probably wind up checking out all all the different versions of this film but it could have been a little shorter i don't think it needed to be this long i i um, really agree with that i think that that also is probably um added to my frustration or um <laughs> uh i'm liking this movie is it it was long yeah sure and again just that breakneck pace two hours fast zombies and whatnot of the Snyder one. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying that I'm not, I'm certainly going to watch this movie more and more, but which one would I rather watch? It's, it's going to be the Snyder one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, esp- again, especially depending on the mood, but, um, let's move on to our B plot. Then, um, how would you survive a zombie apocalypse? Um, I'll kick us off first because uh, first of all, I think the most like the rational part of my brain is saying you go find those people from Pennsylvania that are banding together <laughs> with guns and everybody's together and they're shooting them far away. And they're, you know, you go find that group and you join that group, right? Um, you uh, essentially be, be a part of a small militia. That's like our sole purpose is killing zombies. You know, we don't yeah, make sure they don't like, you know screw over other humans um but like you gotta have some like like i imagine texas is just a bunch of people walking the streets you know with (laughs) rifles right um you know but but that's but i also am not going to texas because i don't think they want any new people living or dead in there just for (laughs) safety right like i think i think when the zombie apocalypse happens texas is is finishing that wall on their own except they're making the border even across you know oklahoma and alabama and all that so um yeah i'd like you find a militia that's doing that stuff so that's the thing the, the other thing too is like again like i'm a very rational thinker i'm like i have crohn's disease i have six 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 weeks infusions if i miss those like that's how i go down like in the zombie apocalypse apocalypse is crohn's disease so like i need to go to whatever city is fortified however bad that is you know like in the last of us like i need to go to that city to get my treatments mm. you know um um 
I need to be seen by a medical professional because, you know, otherwise I'm going to die from Crohn's disease, which then maybe a zombie gets me because I'm vulnerable from Crohn's disease or whatever. Anyway, but, um, but yeah, I, that's my first reaction is like, it, 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 unless you want to go the 28 days later route, which I think was really smart or 28 weeks later, technically, because it's where they mention it, but they're like, everybody just stayed indoors and the zombies starved to death in like two weeks. Um, mm-hmm. You, you either, you know, I think, I think join a small, mili- grab, grab a weapon, join a small militia, make sure you stay in a large group. Somebody gets bitten, no matter what, they get shot, like right there, you know, and you keep going until they're all dead or you all are, you know, um, who wants to go next with a more enlightened answer <laughs> or a more thoughtful answer? You go ahead, Scott. Uh, so I uh, mentioned earlier, kind of first job. So thought about this a lot is I think a movie theater would actually be a pretty uh, great place because um, uh, the, the back room of those movie theaters are just like there's just pallets and pallets of popcorn. And Mm -hmm. while not the most nutritionist, uh, it could probably get you through months at a time. Um, And that's and that's just one snack. And nowadays, movie theaters have all types of protein that you could live off Mm -hmm. of. Whatever protein the hot dogs are made of um, could get you through a bit. And uh, if there there's usually two layers of of doors. Um, all the exits are pretty secure uh, from the outside. You can't really open some of the the doors to the theaters from the outside. A lot of and, them don't have handles on the outside. No. <laughs> um, and if they are the slow moving zombies, then I feel like I could probably outrun them on the stairs, uh, the on the stadium seating. And sure. the projection rooms are at, they're dark, um, but uh, also pretty well sealed off. So I just feel like there's a lot of security measures that. Uh, I could probably take advantage of in a movie theater. And like the question of entertainment is like, you know, oh, yeah. out of the question, like, what are you going to do? Like mm, watch a movie, you know? Um, and of but, course I've got 10 generators that I brought with me. So, well, and if it's a movie theater that has like an arcade, like, yeah, I'm going to play the arcade games, mm-hmm. you know? Um, that's fine. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Not, not everybody's going to think about going there too, which is good. You know, right. Um, you know, like I, th- I think especially because of this movie, um, a lot of people would think to go to a shopping mall, mm-hmm. but also like if you go to a shopping mall in 2023, like what man, shopping malls? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> what, like, uh, the what? one, the one right across the street from my house is really bumping, but like I wouldn't go there because we've got we've got a movie theater and an ice rink and a Target and a Best Buy and then like Hot Topic and Bath and Body Works. There is a Shields, which is the Midwest version of like Dick's Sporting Goods, which mm. we have Dick's too, but because. Yeah, Where's the, food? the Midwest is all done. <laughs> like, well, there's a food court, right? We have Chick-fil-A and Panda Express and whatnot. Like, that's only going to get me so far, right? But like that, there's the Target there and the Target's got enough grocery mm. stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I, like I was thinking like Shields would have all my hunting things and, and whatnot. Like, but like, aside from that, like there's, there's jewelers and Hot Topic and Spencer's Gifts and Barnes and Noble. Like hmm. my mall would not be the ideal place to camp out. Not great, right? Um, but anyway, um, uh, so Joe, where are you camping out? Uh, I mean, this is going to be silly and probably not very safe. And it's actually been shown to be not safe in the film. It's probably in a music park. Mm. Uh, I think it would be fun. Let's just see how long it can last. I mean, it, it's already hit the proverbial fan. Why not just, why not just slip it up? Get a, get a good There's sugar already, rush, yeah. ride some rides, maybe take down some zombies. Let's see what happens. There's also a big part of me that's like, look, if zombies are really going to happen, like... We all know how this ends. 
right. just have fun for a couple hours and get it over soon. Mm. You know, like can you imagine like part of zombie apocalypse like at, at Disneyland? That's got to be popping. There's like there's oh, so that's many be there's so many places like you could hold up and like do like cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Plus, just got a bunch of food there. I don't know. Just, uh-huh. you, you could distract them by turning on a bunch of crap. I mean, we've seen that in films before, like Zombieland. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. But it could be really bad though, because you can get you can get yeah. like really bad pinches, and like there's not like. <laughs> Well, and especially all those little kids, you know, like way below your your line oh, of sight, oh, you know, no. ankle biters everywhere. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. But you know what? If if I die on the Buzz Lightyear ride, I die on the Buzz Lightyear ride. That's fine. <laughs> if, I, if I die on the Star Wars Galaxy Edge, at least I'll have gotten to go on it. You know, <laughs> you, know you die on Space Mountain. It's like whatever, man. Yeah, that's fine. You know, <laughs> you die in the Haunted Mansion or the Tower of Terror. It's like, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Uh, <laughs> very, very fitting. Now you're part of the attraction. Nice. I wanted to bring this up um, kind of as a, as a secondary thing, just because we've seen a ton of different um, situations. Um, I, I want to know if you could place yourself in any of these zombie apocalypse movies, which one would you like to do? I think I know Joe's answers now because I was thinking, all right, so we got Dawn of the Dead, which is the mall. Pick, pick mm-hmm. your version, whatever. Um, you got Day of the Dead. I haven't seen. It's, um, it's an underground bunker from my understanding. So I don't really know much besides that yeah, underground a, bunker, presumably underground bunker. with a couple people. Uh, Night of the Living Dead is this country farmhouse in kind of the middle of nowhere. Um, Zombieland, you know, um, we're just going to say the amusement park because that's the goal, right? They're really just traveling and mm-hmm. then they stop at Bill Murray's house for a hot second. But um, then they get to the thing. Uh, Zombieland 2 um you know they they're initially camping out in the white house but i think the the better example is the sanctuary um at the end of zombie land too like Baby those land? are the ones i came up with <laughs> babylon those are the ones i was top talking about uh or those ones off top off the top of my head that felt like kind of unique situations um you know barring all the external things like uh potential biker gangs or whatnot what do you, which situation would you put yourself in um what do you think is the plan that you would most get behind? I still think it's the mall, and I don't care which version. I still, I still, I, st- I think it's the mall's still also, the way to go. Like, yeah. Well, and again, also depends like how long are you trying to survive, right? Yeah. If 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 you're like Joe and you're like, you know what, whatever, like, cool, I'm going to the amusement park too. You know, um, I right. like that's fine. So, um, the, I, the, or the water park or whatever. You yeah, know, if I was serious, <laughs> like a mall or something, or like a bunker yeah. with a bunch of food. Yeah, that's boring though. You know what I mean, like. I, I would not do the bunker, man. Like that sounds terrible. I get stir crazy or claustrophobic, and like I think somebody is more likely to snap in in a bunker. I'm sure that's what happens in Day of the Dead. There's a lot um, of that going on. Dude. <laughs> yeah, so, so then here here would be my line of thinking. Have you have you ever like thought about like as you're driving home or something, been like I'll stop at this fast food restaurant and like you kind of get there and there's like seven cars and you're like I don't actually need to eat there. So that mm-hmm, so that'd be kind of like my thinking of the mall is like, I'd probably drive by the mall, see like scope it out, see what the situation is like. And if there's, if there's seven zombies in line, then I'm probably just going to keep going. Um, but I, I'm then I'll probably so end up in the this, middle, like just the farmhouse. I'm more so think of the situation where it's like, you are the person in this movie. Like mm-hmm. it's not a question of driving by the mall. Like you got to the mall. Oh, okay. Like, like that's more what I'm thinking of. Like which situation would you like to put yourself in? Like, yeah, I mean, uh, the the mall is just the the most fun, then, right? Like, sure. I th- I think well, I mean I'd, besides amusement park potentially. Uh, yeah, I'm not depending I'm not on what the mall consists doors, of, but... right? <laughs> um, like, 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 like I don't I don't want to pick the the country house because sure it's nice and secluded, but 
the zombies are going to find you and you're miles away from resources, especially things like kind of ammo. You, you got what at the, what's at the house and that's it. Like, um, I, I think the fair thing about a farmhouse though is like, you don't have like a lot of neighbors. Right. And you could see clearly across fields. Like, yeah, it's a different, it's a different vibe. Right. When you watch like night of living dead, like it's not very claustrophobic. Right. Cause like they're all outside no. and they're in like small farmhouse. Whereas like, feels very claustrophobic when you're like, there's like, you know, 300 plus zombies and you're in a shopping mall. You know what I mean? And they had to like clean all that up. Like that felt very claustrophobic at first. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like Scott said, you walk by and you see like seven zombies outside. I'm like, eh, I think I can hold up here. You see 300. You're like, I think I'm going to move on. Um, yeah. Yeah. L- l- I think luckily um, they had a helicopter. So that really helped. <laughs> they, yeah. They, they cheated. Them. And the <laughs> other guys had a chainsaw bus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they did. yeah it's not fair. The, OP. The only the only one that holds in contention for me is uh, Babylon from Zombieland Two. Now, with the exception of with the exception of you have to have designated security there, and you can have the guns locked away, and only one person has the key and whatnot. Like it's only for dire situations. But it's like with the deal. exception of you, you cannot destroy the guns, all the guns on the way, in like they do there. Like having no defense is is bad idea. But I do like the idea of big built you know walls around you know and this giant you know utopia where people are like all right cool whatever but then you you do have people that are security that that have access to the or that not everybody has access to the guns but you do have to like get to them you know like i think that would be a fine situation too but yeah ultimately like i'm going with the mall too for either one of these i mean only the four people in the mall that sounds especially especially that mall had everything in this movie man we had it was the best mall i'd ever seen in my life there was a restaurant. There was a guns and ammo store filled to the top. There was the even that one store that had a bunch of clothes also had a bunch of hardware stuff. Like yeah, it was like a huge, like huge like Sears like type store, right? It was like had everything yeah. you needed. Everything they could have possibly needed is in that mall. Um, yeah, because like, I think because I think the question becomes food and they had weapons, great food, right? They had like caviar they had like all these like fine dining yeah. stuff like like said yeah. they had the restaurants like yeah that mall had every so especially like if we want to go to that mall from the 1970 that feels the best you know i, I would live um, there i don't like i said it would take a biker gang to get me out of there like i <laughs> i would just stay there forever i mean there's also something to be said about the you know monotony but again like yeah they play either you die or it blows over like and whatever, like enjoy your time. I would, just, last. <laughs> I, I would just be that guy where it's like, look, here's the deal. I'm going to stay here and either the zombies come or the biker gang comes or whatever. But as soon as there's like threat to like, we cannot stay here anymore. Like I'm going the quickest possible way, whatever that is. I'm, I'm just, you know, it's like in call of duty, like where you have the last stand, last stand per con, you know, like I'm holding X for cowards way out. You know, that's, <laughs> Yeah, I've lasted long enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I thought that would be a fun thought experiment. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the most ideal out of what we've seen portrayed in movies and TV and all that? Um, Dead Rising two and four both take no one and four both take place in a mall. Uh, I can't remember, two is the Vegas Strip, right? Yeah, two two takes place in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, and three is like a small town suburb. The thing that's cool about Vegas though, like you have all the casinos and I believe there there was a theme park right in there. There was yeah, but it's also like. There's a million people there, you know, right? Like, you know, Vegas Strip certain, certainly wouldn't, wouldn't run out of resources anytime soon, but they also wouldn't run out of zombies anytime soon either. Yeah, and it's also there's also that that question because there's that line in Dawn of the Dead where where the people are talking about just nuking all the big cities. Yep, Vegas has got to be the first one, right? Yeah, for sure. 
like right. Vegas, Chicago, New York. If they if they move forward with that, L.A., San Diego. Well, plus, like, sorry guys, Vegas is a is an easy target too. It's like super bright. <laughs> it's just like just drop it. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, like I'm in Iowa. Nobody's nuking Iowa, man. Like, yeah, I'm you just saying. Probably, you're probably fine, but if you live in a major city, it's going to be Raccoon City for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Can I go hang out at the RPD? I know that map really well. <laughs> I know, I know the RPD. Oh, but Mister X is there. Dang it! <laughs> yeah, Mister X. The last thing I wanted is to fight Mister X. Um, <laughs> Let's move on to the spinoff then. Um, guys, what is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you are willing to tell pe- wanting to tell people to check out or to stay away from? Scott, why don't you kick us off? Since you uh, didn't like Dawn of the Dead as much as we did, maybe you have something else that you really liked. You're like, hey, check this out instead. Uh, let me go ahead and recommend uh, Saw X. Um, I think that it is a return to form uh, for the Saw movies. I think that we've we kind of have ebbs and flows of the saw franchise and i i would say that saw x might be in my top three favorite so i think it's absolutely worth a watch if you ever were a fan of the franchise i think that you if you stopped watching after five if you stopped watching after four what have you um this is a prequel so you can jump right in knowing just the first two or three and i think that you could have a great time with it sure uh joe I disagree, but I understand. <laughs> but that's because I'm a spiral stand. But uh, no way. But Joe, way I love oh, spiral, we'll and I later. really wish they would continue that world. Or I really wish they would either continue spiral or jigsaw's art. The the stories have been right. jigsaw. I really wish for continuations of either of those, as opposed to going back to the original mainline. But um, yeah, spiral's my second favorite saw movie. Uh, Joe, yeah, um, of course I have two things that are anime related as usual. Uh, I sure. say. Uh, yeah, please give a shot to the One Piece live action show. It's actually really good. Um, being a fan of the actual anime, um, I think they do a really uh, great service to the, the overall property. So yeah, check that out. Um, get a chance. It's on Netflix. And also uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2, Part 2, Shibri Arc. Um, yeah, that's that's on Crunchyroll right now. Um, it's super great so far. I can't wait to watch it all in one block. It's done here. Yeah, those are my two recommendations. Perfect. Um I have three options. Would you guys like to hear me defend a bad movie, um, talk about a new release, or talk about uh, a video game that is the unhottest take ever? Defend the, defend the bad movie. Yeah, um, you're going to have to defend the bad movie. All right, so here's the deal. Like, I'm not trying to say this movie's good by any stretch of the means, but what I am saying is that Transformers The Last Night is a little bit too shit on. Like... I kind of really dig the first 90 minutes of that movie. I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying I vibe with it. I'm saying it's it's the perfect amount of of silly and Mark Wahlberg's not in a lot of that first 90 minutes, so like that certainly helps. Um I like in general, like I kind of think that some of the like Arthur stuff was cool. Obviously, obviously the last hour of that movie is just terrible. Um, you know, Anthony Hopkins is kind of having fun. Um I think there's some, I gave, I gave the film a two and a half out of five. <laughs> I'm just, all I'm trying to say is it's not the half star or one star that you've heard of for it's. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying you should even watch it. I'm just saying it's fine. It's, it's not the worst. Movie. It's yeah. It's, it's not worth its reputation of so garbage. I'm not saying I want more. I'm not saying Michael Bay should still be making transformers movies. You know, it's, all I'm saying is compared to Age of Ex- Age of Extinction, this thing is a freaking masterpiece because Age of Extinction is the giant piece of garbage ever. So that's all I wanted to say. 
Nothing, nothing very emphatically. Just I've, I've never seen it, so I can't attest to anything. I think I don't think I've seen anything past like the second film or third film. I really like the third when it came out. I don't like the third. I on love the, on I love Bumblebee. Bumblebee. Yeah, really good. Th- I think I think that I was I'm with you, Aaron. That third one was good when it came out. I don't think that it I will like it as much now. Uh, the third one is overrated. Um, I think it's overrated. Oh, sorry. Um, not the third. Uh, Bumblebee is overrated. Oh. Um, do not do. <laughs> I like Bumblebee. I don't love Bumblebee. Um, but I, I, comparative to the other Transformer films, it's like I think it's a, a lot better. Yeah, well, and that's why again, comparative to Age of Extinction, anything is good. Even Revenge <laughs> of the Fallen, you know. Oh yeah, um, Revenge of the Fallen. At least Revenge of the Fallen was only two hours and like twenty minutes, not two forty-five. You know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so anyway, I just it's you. I'm not telling you to watch it, but I'm just saying if you were curious, like. It's fine. It's I may, uh, it, the movie's been out for five years now, and I've never heard anybody say a single positive thing about it. And I was actually kind of really digging the first. I turned. We had to pause it for a second uh, after about ninety minutes. I looked at my wife. I'm like, I kind of like this movie. She's like, I kind of do too. I'm like, good. Like, and then and then everything from that moment on was just the worst. Um, mm-hmm. But not enough that I you know left on a half star. Like, you kind of know what you're getting into these movies. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It looks really cool, and they do some really interesting things. With the Transformers, like uh, like abilities that we hadn't seen before. And to do that this many films in, um, you know what? I'm cool with it. Like Bumblebee straight up does like an Iron Man 3 thing where like he'll disassemble himself and then reassemble himself at will. It's like, awesome. Um, or he'll like just let his arm go, you know, because somebody's shooting at it or whatever. And then he'll just pick it up and re- awesome. All right. I don't need to talk about that anymore. <laughs> That's a wrap. Uh, you can remember you can follow Joe um, on Instagram. Um, Scott prefers you just check out sifpop.com stuff. Um, I will have Joe's Instagram tagged in the episode description below. You can follow me on Twitter, Letterboxd, Blue Sky, Threads, whatever at Schweitcastle. Uh, and quick reminder: Studio Sifpop Writers, Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at StudioDNA.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. If you're interested in writing for Sifpop.com or you want to get in contact with the show, send us some feedback, question exporter, and the B plot. Then email writersroom at Sifpop.com. Please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening. If uh, it has review capabilities, please do that. Next week, Matt and May are joining me to talk about Mandy. Joe, I know oh. you've been wanting me to watch Mandy for a while. Yeah. And Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny, both first time watches for me. Um, that sounds like a really so good movie. That's really cool. It was it was the most of the oh, these are leftover at the end. Um, they kind of work though. They're kind of trippy. I like that. Good. I'm glad to hear that. A lot of times the ones that I'm like, oh yeah, sure, these are left, wind up actually being like, those paired really well. Anyway, uh, Matt may be joining me next week to talk about Mandy and Tenacious D. In two weeks, Robert and I are talking about the night. Oh, another 1978 horror movie, the invasion of the body snatchers. Um, Again, we settled on the 78 version. I know there's an earlier version that is also considered really good, but it feels like 78 is supposed to be the best. That's going to be the one that we will for sure talk about. The Donner Sutherland version, right? Indeed. And Joe, next month, Chantal is joining us to talk about Akira. I know you've been waiting for this one for a long time as well. So, um, so we'll see you again in a month. Scott, thank you for joining us. Uh, really appreciate uh, you giving your time. Uh, same with you, Joe. Uh, I really, I, I had a blast today, guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Scott, for joining us. Uh-huh. Get a different, whole different perspective. And warranted, too. 
by the way. <laughs> I, I really, I really like that Scott was here, yeah. especially like, I, I don't like that you didn't like the movie, but I do appreciate that. Like but he had a good reason feel, not to. Like, not like yeah. And I yeah. feel like people might be, people might watch it listening, listen and be like, what do they see? Like they can know they're not alone. Um, yeah. And that's a okay. Uh, but I, I would love to hear an update if you ever check out another version of this film. Absolutely. But, um, that'll do it for this week. Remember, come back next week for Mandy and Tenacious D, and we'll see you then.